and welcome to the end time show for our channel i'm gerald we'll be doing a teaching called marijuana intoxication equals sorcery exposing the spirit of pharmacia and sorcery in the last days now first of all we're going to take a look on why do young people use marijuana this is the actual foundation when people start using marijuana they started using it as a teenager there's several different reasons why they begin to develop this habit of smoking a little bit of weed here and there and it progresses as they get older some people do grow out of it some people don't they continue to smoke marijuana through their adult life and we're going to examine how it impacts people from the spiritual perspective reason one family members or friends pressure them to try it reason two young people use it because they see older family members using it reason three others think it's cool to smoke it because they hear songs about it they see it on tv and on the movies now i know we know Certain music artist, Dr. Dre, back in the day, made it quite popular. He came out with an album called The Chronic. We know even Snoop Dogg makes marijuana look kind of cool and hip by some of his music videos, some of his songs. I know even back in the day, this hip-hop group Cypress Hill made it kind of hip on um, smoking weed. Reason four, some teens may feel they need marijuana and other drugs to help them escape from problems at home or with friends. Now, when we look at the legalization of marijuana in the United States, we see that marijuana is legal for recreational use in the state of Colorado and Washington. And also too, medical marijuana is legal in 20 states and pending in 15 states. Now, when we look at the biblical definition of pharmacia, there's several different definitions for the actual word when we see pharmacia. Pharmacia is known as medication, magic, sorcery, or witchcraft. We look at pharmacias or pharmakion. It's a drug or as an example, a spell-giving potion a druggist, a pharmacist, a poisoner, uh, a musician, or a sorcerer. And pharmacales is known as the same as a sorcerer. So even when we look at the book of Revelations, it talks about, uses the word sorcery. Pharmacia talks about there will be an explosion of this spirit during the end times, during the last days got a little bit ahead of ourselves but the bible warns about pharmacia in the last days it says for your merchants were the great men of the earth for by your sorcery all the nations were deceived that's revelations 18 23 merchants are wholesalers or traders and powerful men and the word pharmacia literally means drug or poison and when we look at the basis of Revelations chapter 18, it's talking about the spirit of Babylon. You have the economic part of Babylon and you have the religious system of Babylon 
which controls this actual world system. Babylon is known as the spirit of confusion. And when we look even at sorcery, it comes to manipulate and dominate a person who partakes in using drugs and leads them down a road of destruction. Now, even when we take a further look at just in general, the uh, pharmaceutical industry and the medical marijuana industry, it's a billion dollar business. We see 100 million people worldwide are on psychiatric drugs. And pharmaceutical industry, the psychiatric or psychotropic drugs, is a $330 billion business. And we see 300 million psychiatric drug prescriptions are written each year. So we can see the personification of Revelations 18 and 23. So people are being, a lot of these drugs are controlling and altering people's mindsets for the enemy's use to manipulate them. Also, commercial medical marijuana is a $1.5 billion business per year. And then when we start looking at the projections of this actual industry, it's projected already, which we're already in 2016, but for 2014, $3 billion. In 2014 and a $6 billion business in 2016. When we go back to some of these psychotropic drugs and a negative impact, this is outside of just marijuana. People have committed suicide or suffer from hallucinations from such drugs as Zoloft and Faxel. And no blood test is conducted by the psychiatrist on these patients who state they're depressed, the psychiatrists automatically prescribe medication. So these psychiatrists, they work hand in hand with these pharmaceutical companies. So they get kickbacks from these pharmaceutical companies when they write these prescriptions and their patients go and they get these prescriptions. They start taking these prescription drugs. They're nothing more than legalized drug dealers. So they don't even take blood tests or anything or do a full examination to make sure that these people even need these actual drugs. So they prescribe these drugs to these people and they get hooked on them and they continue to take them because quote unquote, they diagnose them with depression and they tell you, okay, this will help you get over your depression. Even if you look at some of the commercials with some of these drugs, when you're looking at TV, they tell you in small print or they tell you in very subtle words some of the negative impact that these drugs actually can have on an individual. Some of the side effects that we look at medical marijuana, which a lot of people don't want to discuss, and it talks about dizziness, drowsiness, short-term memory loss, and euphoria. The more serious side effects are anxiety and psychosis. Now we take a look from the study that was done at the Yale University. It talks about the researchers examined 79 previous studies that involved a close to 6,500 people 
and determined that medical marijuana isn't a particularly effective solution compared to a placebo or no treatment at all for select indications. Researchers note that medical marijuana appeared to show effectiveness in treating long-lasting pain, muscle spasms, and stiffness associated with multiple sclerosis. But on the flip side, medical marijuana demonstrated less effectiveness than expected in treatment of nausea caused by chemotherapy, anxiety, sleep disruption, HIV-related weight loss, and Tourette's syndrome. Some people look at the misinterpretation of the book of Genesis when Genesis chapter 1, verse 29, talks about how the Lord made herb. And we're going to go ahead and I'm going to look at that scripture. We're going to pull that up because you hear people quote that and they're misquoting it to justify them smoking a little bit of herb. And that's not the case in point. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 1. Verse 29, and I'll be reading from the English Standard Version, and we're there. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with the seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food. So that gives you a reason it was for food. It wasn't for, it wasn't for intake of smoking marijuana so let's not get that twisted so you hear people well the bible says god created herbs so it must be okay to smoke a little bit of weed that's not again that's not the case in point now when we go over to luke and we look at the days of noah and jesus talks about as in the days of noah we can look at the ancient Jewish writings state that fallen angels, which were called watchers, taught human women how to cut roots and use plants as magic potions and drugs and chant magical spells. Ironically, we are seeing a repeat, which Jesus warns us about as in the days of Noah. Jesus wasn't only the Messiah and the Savior, but he was a prophet. He was the greatest prophet that ever graced this planet. So we have to take heed to his warnings and his words and him speaking prophetically. Now we go on and we look at different words or different names for marijuana. We see cannabis. We see hemp. We see bud. We see Herb, we see Mary Jane, um, we see the singer Rick James years and years ago came out with a song called Mary Jane. We see hemp, we see hashies, weed, chronic, pot, and ganja. You know, a lot of Rastafarians talks about smoking ganja, and we see that within reggae music some reggae music they talk about ganja so again we talk about the influence of entertainment 
some of the hip hop music, some of the um, heavy metal music, some of the rock music, and some of uh, the different genres of music, per se, even reggae. Now we look, we begin to move on and we start seeing some of the early beginnings of this actual practice originated, not just evolved from the days of Noah, but in ancient pagan religious use of drug use as a religious ritual. Now, see, mind-altering drugs were widely used to induce temple sleep. During the drug, individuals would hallucinate and see gods and goddesses, heaven and hell, demons, and all kinds of spiritual things. Drugs sometimes were used for necromancy in which the person communicated with the dead, which are demon spirits, to tell the future. So Satan, he wants to destroy your mind. When we look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So the Bible always talks about you being having a sober mind, not to have your mind so influenced by by alcohol, by drugs, all these other things. These things cause you not to be sober. These things open you up to the spirit world and not the things that are of God, not to the things that are righteous spirits, but evil, demonic spirits. We're going to move on. Religious priests and suiciders would use drugs to help aid them in divination the divining demons that would aid them in prophecy. So these drugs were used for the main purpose of divination. And shamanism, the shamans make use of plants and drugs for healing purposes, and they will also make contact with the spirit world. Shamans are found in many religions such as Amonism, Buddhism, Hinduism, Shintoism, and Taoism and can be male or female, in order to travel in the invisible spirit world, they enter into a trance induced by plants or psychoactive drugs, and then that would make or enable them to make spiritual contact. Now, even when we look at one of the main things that plague the nation of Israel, which the Lord told them, don't take on the ways of the Canaanites, was the worship of the god Baal. Now, the Canaanites, they used cannabis for religious practice to worship their demon god Baal. They also practiced sexual perverse religious acts were carried out along with the use of drug intoxication. Even look at the ancient Sumerians used cannabis and divination. 
The ancient Sumerians used cannabis in the practice of divination. Again, even when we look at Acts chapter 16, verse 16, the woman that kept on following Paul throughout his mission trip and the particular area that he was ministering in, she had a spirit of divination. So divination is a spirit. So even when what was believed in Delphi, the Oracle of Delphi would go into a cleft rock and would inhale these vapors, it was believed that she was take, intaking the spirit of Apollo or the Python spirit to become an Oracle and the spirit of divination would enter in. So they're using cannabis as a way of having the spirits come and dwell in them to perform divination to foretell the future and it's used in the demonic realm. Now even in Taoism, which is a Chinese religion, cannabis was used in necromancy Taoist priest writings in the 5th century BC testified that cannabis was used by necromancers in combination of ginseng to set forth time and reveal future events. Now, even when we look at mystic Muslims, it's not your traditional Muslims, but Sufis, which are Muslim mystics, originating in the 8th century Persia used hashis as a means of stimulating mystical consciousness and appreciation of the nature of Allah. They maintained that hashis gave them otherwise a tremendous in interiority and basic insight into themselves. They also claimed that it gave happiness and reduced anxiety and increased music appreciation. In reality, these religions worship demons. I'm going to go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 20, or excuse me, chapter 10, verse 20. So 1 Corinthians I'm turning to that. Chapter 10. And we're going to look at that. And it reads, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. No, I imply that what pagan sacrifice they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to participate with demons. So any so-called Christian that's begins to indulge in smoking weed and you continue to practice this, you may open up yourself to demon spirits. Now we're going to go over to what the Old Testament has to say over to Deuteronomy. And we're going to look at Chapter 32, verse 17, and it states, 
They sacrificed to demons that were no gods, to gods they had never known, to new gods that had come recently, whom your fathers had never dreaded. So again, these pagan religions, they weren't sacrificing or worshiping gods, these idol gods. They were in reality worshiping these demon spirits that were behind these actual idols. So even when we look at, even in witchcraft, cannabis is used. In witchcraft, hemp or cannabis is used for meditation and visions. Also, when we continue to look at Wicca and witchcraft, the use of cannabis, some practitioners use drugs such as marijuana or alcohol, often wine, to enter or alter states of consciousness before a ritual. Now, we look at the most famous occultist and probably the one that established the foundation of modern-day Satanism and the New Age movement. You can go between the New Age movement between Aleister Crowley and H.P. Blavansky, but Crowley has had, even to this day, a great influence on occultists. His famous motto came from the Book of the Law that he written, that he channeled through a spirit. It says, Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Now, when we look at Crawley's essay on the psychology of hashish, he states some of the following. He says, the following in his 1907 essay on psychology and hashish, marijuana, yogis employed hashish to obtain samadhi, that oneness with the universe Crawley focused on cannabis' ability to invoke different mental states, which he compared to a similar state of consciousness associated with meditative and magical practices. He also stated in his 1907 essay on hash, stripped of its local chronological accidents, it usually came to this, the writer, would tell of a young man, a seeker after hidden wisdom, who in one circumstance or another meets an adept who after sundry or ordeals obtains from the said adept for good or ill a certain mysterious drug or potion with the result at least of opening the gate of the other world. This potion was identified as an auxiliary, a beti, a physical alchemist, or one of their most likely white tinctures, which transformed the base metal of normal perception of life to silver. Crawley goes on and says, Father claimed that this mysterious herb, marijuana, was one of the prohibited trees in the Garden of Eden if not the tree of life, at least of that other tree, double and sinister, deadly and rhetorical response to Jehovah's ancient taboos, the beast wrote, Nay, for I am the serpent's party. Knowledge is good. Be 
the price what it may. So that's coming from Crawley's view of marijuana. Crawley's satanic occult group, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, were proponents of the use of cannabis and a spiritual experience from the use of it. Now we look at some of the high profile members who endorsed marijuana that were part of the Golden Dawn. Look at famous members. The Golden Dawn also can be tied to cannabis use. British poet W.B. Yeats experimented with marijuana as an aid in development of psychic powers and the writer Lewis Carroll incorporated a cannabis puffing caterpillar and a magical mushroom in his famous book Alice in Wonderland so you can see how that's tied in that believe that this to be the ritual practice for themselves now Crowley had a deep influence even in the 1960s drug culture especially with hippies rediscovering drug use hippies begin to practice the writings of of Crawley on marijuana. Hippies took up writings of people like Crawley of getting stoned or high off drugs for spiritual experiences. So we see the mark of the counter cultural revolution of free sex, drugs, and rebellion. So when we look at 1 Samuel 15 and 23, when the prophet Samuel's dealing with King Saul, when King Saul rebelled against the word of the Lord and didn't destroy all the Amalekites. He said, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Now we look at such music artists who use marijuana for the inspiration to write drugs. We can look at Lady Gaga uses marijuana to help aid her in writing her songs. We look at Snoop Lion or Snoop Dogg whatever he's calling himself these days, he needs to smoke a lot of weed to get his lyrics. And the late reggae music icon Bob Marley used marijuana for the spiritual experience to help him as an artist or as a poet. You see Lady Gaga in the 2011 60 Minutes interview on pot and writing. Gaga states, I smoke a lot of pot when I write music. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for 60 minutes. Gaga said the matter of factly, adding that she knocks back whiskey as well when she writes. The born this way singer who maintained the same interview that she had mastered the art of fame and added that her upfront manner is central to her superstardom. Now I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play the clip because this is just not me talking about this. This is coming from this woman's own words and it tells you what spirit that she's operating under and it's not the spirit of God. It's coming from the satanic world. Very insecure in so many ways, but I wish I could give that gift to all my fans. You have the freedom to pull the superstar out of yourself that you were born to be. We are all born superstars. Lady Gaga says she no longer uses cocaine, though she readily admits she still smokes pot. I, I smoke a lot of pot when I write music, so I'm not gonna like sugarcoat it for 60 minutes that, you know, I, 
I'm some like sober human being because I'm not. You I still drink smoke a pot. lot of whiskey and I smoke weed. I will move on. We're gonna look at even Snoop Dogg how weed has influenced him. We move on. In an article in August 2012, interview with ContactMusic.com, Snoop Dogg, from his own words, he said, "To write rap, I've got to smoke a lot of weed. I need some music and old music, R&B." Hip hop, anything that 70s, 80s, or 60s, something that's going to inspire, then I've got to have a couple of females around for inspiration. So he's letting you know that he's using the method that we see in ancient paganism to be inspired. What Crawley talks about for the magical arts to use as inspiration for his lyrics. So his lyrics are coming from another realm. It's coming from another dimension and it's coming from the demonic realm. Now here's Bob Marley. We'll look and see what Bob Marley had to say about the use of using ganja or using cannabis or using marijuana for his method of obtaining his lyrics and he states the following it's more of a religious experience. Bob Marley did not use cannabis recreationally and did not see it as a use of casual matter. He viewed marijuana as a holy rite, much as Catholics view Holy Communion or some Native Americans view ceremonial usage of peyote. Viewing himself as a holy person, as do all Rastafarians. Marley strongly believed that marijuana opened up a spiritual door which allowed him to become the artist and poet he was. Now we're going to take a look at formal hip-hop music inside of Christopher Hudson on weed known as the Forerunner 777 and he has a YouTube channel the Forerunner Chronicles um, we're not so much endorse some of his some of his beliefs and being seven day Adventist. However, a lot of stuff he, that he experienced has some relevance and some truth to it. So I'm gonna play this interview. This interview was done by Thug Expose. And he's talking about when he was in the industry and the use of marijuana how it helped open up his consciousness and his writing uh when i decided to give my life to god uh i realized that uh serving god might not not might not necessarily be profitable financially you know not that it's not profitable because i've never experience more joy in my life than in serving God, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be financially prosperous. And so I really got disgruntled at one point. I said, God, I gave my life over to you, and, and now I'm trying to get a job as a security guard? This is crazy. You know, this is not working out. And I said, I'm done with this thing. You know, I'm going to go back into the, um, into, into the entertainment industry. I still have my connections. I was still receiving phone calls. People still were asking me to do projects. 
and I was turning them down. But now I said, listen, it's time for me to go back. But when I tried to go back and I tried to write a script, I couldn't get one word out. When I tried to sit down and, and to think of a rhyme, it would not come to me. Nothing would come to me. I couldn't get one line out. For, I, for, I couldn't squeeze a line out of, a, out of anything. It was like trying to beat a brick. And then I realized at that point, I said, you know, I know what I need to do. I have to denounce Christ. If I denounce Christ, then that, then that spirit that was in me prior to me accepting God will come back and I'll be able to um, be successful at my writing and uh, making my music again. So what I decided to do that day is um, to get everything back in order. So I remember going down to Jamaica Avenue, which is in Queens, and uh, I had some, I had a couple thousand dollars in my pocket and I went to the jewelry store and I looked around and I saw some rosary beads. And I said, okay, I want those rosary beads right there. Some uh, uh, um, white gold rosary beads, nice size. And I told the jeweler, I said, but I want you to turn the cross upside down. Now, I, I asked him for the rosary beads because I knew the rosary beads were connected to the Catholic Church. And as I see from the scriptures, according to Revelations chapter 13 and verse 1, Daniel chapter 7 and Daniel chapter 2, especially Revelations 13 and verse 1, the Catholic Church is connected to the beast. And so I said, this is the Antichrist power. So I'm going to get these rosary beads because this is connected to a power that's against God. And then furthermore, I want him to turn the cross upside down because in the occult, to have an upside down cross is the denunciation of Christ, to denounce Christ. And the, the, the jeweler was shocked when I asked him to do this. He said, why would you want to do that? And I said, because I'm paying for it. So I want you to turn the cross upside down. And um, I remember going from the jewelry store, putting my chain on, um, buying some weed. And I went back home and I went in the mirror and I was smoking weed and I'm going in the mirror and I'm starting to try to get these lyrics out of me again. And many times people, people that are not familiar with this, you know, you can conjure the spirits as you're looking in the mirror. And um, I, this is not something that, please don't do this. You know, don't, don't even try this. This is not something you want to participate in whatsoever. But um, I was in the mirror and I was smoking and I was just trying to get my mind in tune. And within about two days, I'll never forget, I was right there in the mirror and it just all came back. The lyrics just started flowing to my head again. I could write again. It just all came back because that same spirit was abiding within me. But even more than that same spirit, because as the scripture says, that spirit goes and walks through dry places, then it comes back to you again with seven more spirits powerful than itself to take over your person when you have cleaned and swept your, uh, your, your life. And, um, and so that was the situation. I invited the devil to come back into my heart to rule over me so that I could be successful. So when you and I never once, and I just want to make this one statement. I never once said with my lips, I sell my soul to the devil. And I think that's so important to make that statement because people always say, well, do you have to say, no, all you have to do is that all you have to do is live your life contrary to God and you're putting yourself in the position where you can be possessed by the spirit of the devil. 
Wow, that's powerful. So when you hear names like Dr. Dre say he calls it his music the chronic, what comes to your right. head? You think that's all related, you know? And I remember Most watching definitely. a a documentary on Biggie Smalls and he was saying, "Bring in the weed, bring in the weed," you know, because they were asking him to put out a song that night, and they would That's say right. that he wouldn't sometimes even have to uh, write it down; that he would just be able to go into the studio and just do a hit song, you know, just coming out, you know, right there on the spot. So that's, I mean, that's just the way that it works. We, what we don't understand is that. You know, it, when we when we place ourselves in that intoxicated state, it opens up it opens us up so that we can become the habitation of demonic spirits. That's why the Bible says, "Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking for whom he may devour." We must be sober, but it's when we're not in the state of sobriety that we've let those shields down, so that now the devil can find entrance within to our hearts. And be able to work his will through us. And, um, you know, I've seen it myself personally with my life. I was not able to be successful in writing scripts or making music without that demonic influence. And the smoking of the weed and the drinking of the alcohol opened my mind up to be susceptible to the impressions of the devil. Because the same thing that you're saying for like a Biggie Smalls or some of the, I had the same experiences when it came down to writing scripts and to making music. You know, I've literally laid down and the music came right to me. And if it wasn't for the grace of God drawing me out of that life of sin, I would have been thinking. And in the, in the, there it is. So we move on. We look at marijuana is used as a muse muses are quote-unquote in greek mythology poetry or literature are the goddess of inspiration of literature science arts they said there were nine muses muses is the source of inspiration look at william shakespeare ten muses was cannabis famous writer again Shakespeare, William Shakespeare used cannabis for his inspiration to write that cannabis may have been his 10th muse. We look at other famous comics, musicians, entertainers who use weed as muses to see George Carlin, jazz artist Louis Armstrong, um, Beatles Paul McCartney to just name a few people. We look at the writings of the founder of Church of Satan, um, Anton LaVey, in regards to the muse. This is what he stated. He instructed his followers to do the following. Keep yourselves constantly open to demons who will whisper in your ear. A meaning of the demon used to be closer to the muse, a guiding inspirational spirit. So that's giving you what in reality what a muse is in the occult world now we move on from just marijuana we look at synthetic marijuana which is marijuana that's manufactured we look at the different names k2 spice genie silver surfer yucatan fire and zohai see how synthetic marijuana does have an impact 
um, mental illness. Synthetic marijuana mix called spice is spreading through the military at a startling rate. So people in the U.S. military begin taking this drug that begin to impact a lot of soldiers. An aggressive testing program was launched in 2011, led to the investigation of more than 1,100 suspected users, according to the December 2011 Daily UK. Spice has used or caused some soldiers to become delusional and have anxiety attacks. So they become psychosis and they become delusional. Now, when you move on, besides the soldiers, we can look at this individual, Michael Daniels, under the influence of synthetic marijuana. This man ate a dog. Daniels was high on spice, and this 22-year-old had beat and strangled the dog, then went on to eat a 30 to 40-pound dog. When the police arrived at the scene, Daniels had fur and blood around his mouth. He had told neighbors he was high on synthetic marijuana. So this is same as opening himself up to demon spirits. We can look at Mark chapter 5 where the man had a legion of demons. He had supernatural strength and he did stuff that wasn't characteristic of being normal. Young people and even young adults, when you open up yourself to taking these different drugs to get a high, you're not just getting a quick high, you're opening up yourself to another realm and possibly bringing in demon spirits to take possession of you and have you do some very foolish, evil, crazy things. Now we're gonna take a look at the report, news report of Daniel's eating this dog. A man under the influence of a drug called K2 acts like a dog and then eats one alive in front of a neighborhood. 22-year-old Michael Taryn Daniel of Waco is in the McLennan County Jail tonight charged with a felony for cruelty to animals. The bizarre act is putting neighbors on edge. And as Allison Ignacio reports, police are hoping this draws attention to the dangers of K2. Lino Molina still can't believe what happened literally right across the street from his home. By that time I saw the young guy walking around wanted to fight everybody out there. What he thought started out as a simple fight ended up being much worse. What he did to the dog, uh, you couldn't, you never believe it can happen to your own community. Less than two weeks ago, Molina saw this man, 22-year-old Michael Tyrone Daniel of Waco, acting rather bizarre and called police. A suspect got on his hands and knees and was actually crawling and growling and barking like a dog. Police were told the man had taken K2 and was having a bad trip, but no one could have predicted what happened next. He had blood on his mouth and fur on his mouth and his hands also had blood and fur on him and he was holding a dead dog in his lap. Police say a family pet, a medium-sized black dog, was strangled and then eaten. Although they haven't seen anything like this before, they want others to see just how dangerous the drug can be. Those chemicals are altered all the time by the makers. 
and it says on the label, not for human consumption. We spoke with Daniel's family today, and they said that everything was fine now. But neighbors like Melina still worry about if this could happen again. This happened to an animal that, you know, it's a puppy. What do you think would happen if it happened to a kid, to an adult, to uh, your neighbors? Allison Ignacio, KWTX. So now we're going to look at Robin Smith, the mother of Cal Smith, and this horror, horror story of young Cal Smith using or smoking synthetic marijuana and just the devastation that it caused to a mother and her child and just the whole entire family. Now here's the story of Cal Smith. It's told by his mother. She says, I had a normal child on Thursday and not a normal child on Friday. Robin Smith of Forest Hill, Maryland, tells of her son, Cal, in 2010. She goes on, Cal, who was just 15 years old at the time, decided to use synthetic marijuana. After coming home from school, he smoked spice and took a loaded gun into the woods. Now 18 years old, he has been institutionalized 17 times for psychiatric care and has made three different attempts to take his own life. He's presently an outpatient at John Hopkins University Medical Center where he has recently endured electroconvulsive therapy, shock treatments, which is shock treatments, an attempt to rehabilitate from his experience with imitation pot. Now we look at the spiritual impact of both marijuana and synthetic marijuana. The National Center of Biotechnology did a study in October of 2009 and called Cannabis and Psychosis and Schizophrenia and Human Studies. The NCBI, they show the connection of long-term use of cannabis can possibly lead to psychosis or schizophrenia. Now, synthetic marijuana can cause the following hallucinations, alter the mind, radical mood swings, and physically, synthetic marijuana can cause heart attacks, high blood pressure, and nausea. Again, when you look at the word pharmacia, the word, one of the words or meaning of the word pharm pharmacia, not just sorcery, but it's poison. So these things are poisoning your mind, it's poisoning your body. Now we can look how these drugs are impacting people in a spiritual matter where they're being influenced, either demon oppressed or even, in a lot of other cases, eventually demon possessed. So Satan and his demons they just don't want an inch, they'll take a mile. You give them an inch, they'll take a mile. So they want to consume your whole total being and eventually destroy you. So when we look at Mark chapter five, verses one through eight, it talks about how the man that had a legion of demons, he acted like a beast, he was supernaturally strong, and he has supernatural 
knowledge. So when we look at the different things that we examine, we look at some of these music artists that use drugs to open up themselves to these different lyrics and they smoke weed. They're getting this stuff from the demonic realm. They're getting supernatural knowledge. We look at Michael Daniel, how he was able to rip apart a 30 to 40 pound dog and eat it. He was acting like a beast his own self. Here's a grown man, a 22 year old man, acting like a beast, eating a dog, and he has supernatural strength. The end game to marijuana intoxication, demons manipulate an individual to smoke weed to entice them into sin. Through manipulation, demons dominate the person, therefore cause the addiction. They're bewitched or spellbound to the drug. So that's how people eventually use it for a way of pleasure of getting high, feeling good, and then you continue to use it and it becomes an addiction. You become bewitched by that drug. You're spellbound and you become a slave to it. So that's why you can't put it down. In some cases where people can't go to drug rehabilitation, they're able to kind of through the means of counseling and other things and all, but the success rate, I don't really know, but it's still even after the fact of that, people have a hard time coming off these drugs. And if it's not by the power of the Holy Spirit, which can totally deliver you, you're subject to be a play toy to Satan and his demons. Demon spirits want to dominate the dope addicted by either demon oppression, uh, but ultimately the demon wants to possess the body of the person. The final goal of these demon spirits is to bring destruction and eternal damnation of the individual soul and add another soul to hell. Look at demon possession and drug addiction. And we're going to go to Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45. So that's Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45. And we are turning now. This talks about when an unclean spirit returns. It says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty and swept, but put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself and they enter and dwell there and the last state of that person is worse than the first so also will it be with this evil generation so either you can be filled with the holy spirit or you're going to be filled with another spirit so when you're intoxicating yourself 
with these drugs, you're opening up yourself to demon possession. We look at Psalm 68 and 6. It says, God setteth the solidarity and families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. So going back to what we are reading in Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 and 45, rebellious spirits dwell in dry places. That's why when we look at the scriptures, it equates the Holy Spirit as living water. Jesus says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So when you don't have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and you continue to walk in disobedience, you continue to walk in sin, you continue to do drugs and alcohol, you, you are in a dry place you, spiritually. So you open up yourself for these demonic entities to overtake you and to make you look like a fool and eventually drive you straight to hell and give you a strong delusion and to deceive you. We look at Revelations chapter 9 verses 20 and 21. It talks about in the end times drug use will explode at a record level and we're seeing that in today's times we're going to go ahead and we're going to go over to revelations chapter 9 trying to pull it up look at chapter 9 We're going to look at verse 20 and 21. And we were there. It says, And the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, nor gave up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immoralities or their thefts. So we're seeing the fulfillment of scriptures as we know it. Now we look at drunkards and potheads won't inherit the kingdom of God. We can see that in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. Idolatry, which we can see in Galatians chapter 5, verse 20, when you constantly, idolatry is trust in any person or thing as having equal or greater authority than God and his word. So when you continue to just smoke weed, habitually smoke weed day after day or week after week after week, you're, in a sense, indirectly, that's a religious practice. That's your idol. So you can't go without it. And you know the spiritual ramifications of it. You know some of the physical ramifications of it. And you continue to do it. 
you put that as an equal or greater authority and you just dismiss the word of God and you dismiss Jesus Christ being Lord and Savior, that's your God, that's your idol. We look at the word witchcraft in Galatians chapter 5, verse 20. It's pharmakia. It's sorcery, spiritism, black magic, worship of demons, and the use of drugs to produce a spiritual experience. Drunkenness. We already read earlier on in his teaching and First Peter chapter 5, it says, be sober, be vigilant, that your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So the opposite of being sober is being drunk. You're being drunk in sin. You're using things to intoxicate you. So when we look at the Greek meaning of drunkenness out of Galatians chapter 5, verse 21, it's methy. It's impairing one's mental or physical control by alcohol, drink, or any type of, even a drug impairs your mental or physical control. Ravelings. The Greek word is komos, which is excessive feasting, rivalry, a party spirit involving alcohol, drugs, sex, or the like. In result, when we look at Revelation chapter 5, or excuse me, Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, and we're going to go to that. Revelation chapter 21. Again, it talks about sorcery. We're going to go to that. And we're just about done. And it reads, But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolatry, all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. To conclude this teaching, re repent ASAP. If you're smoking weed, repent. Turn completely away from smoking weed and turn to Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Couple of things I want to just drop on you. Is smoking weed worth losing your eternal soul? Will you serve marijuana or will you serve Jesus Christ? Make your choice today on who you will serve. It's about heaven or hell. So there's no pregatory. There's either heaven or hell. Either you serve Satan or you serve Jesus Christ. One or the other. Hopefully you guys have learned something from this teaching. God bless.